uh, this morning I thought we'd have some fun and uh, I would start with it. And uh, do you realize is that um, there is a battle going on for your soul right now? Do you realize that? There is a battle going on for individual souls. And uh, right now, you know, the devil doesn't want any of us to have a relationship with God. The devil doesn't want any of us to actually enter into heaven. And so there is an opponent right now that is seeking to devour each and every one of us. Whoa, this is heavy, Sam. Yeah, we're going to have some fun in a moment. But, but there's, there's this time, but I, I think for some of us, we've got to realize this. Is if you read through the Bible, what it talks about is that it talks about saving humanity. It talks about, but the way that they say it is about saving souls. He who wins souls is wise. That's what the proverb says. And so it's important that, you know, as a church over this season, we believe for souls. We believe for individuals that will walk through this door and that God will come and move upon them and that their souls will be saved. You know, through the Bible is that it says that there's, we're made up of three parts. We're made up of a spirit, we're made up of a soul, and we're made up of a body. You know, our spirit is that which connects to God. It's our spiritual... Our soul is where we feel our emotions, it's our mind, it's our experience, it's those things. And then we've got our body. And it talks about it, our body will pass away. You know, this vessel here contains both of those things. But then it, the, the question is, is where is our soul going to end up? You know, Mark 8, 35 to 36, it says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loves their life or loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Friend, what gain is it for us to gain the whole world, to fulfill all our desires, and then at the end of the day, we lose our soul? And so this is what soul renovation is about. It's about, okay, let's take a look at our soul. Let's take a look at how is my soul? How is your soul today? I've had that question over this last 12, you know, 12 months. One person in particular always says, Sam, how's your soul? My soul's great. My body's just not keeping up, but my soul's good. You know, and I get asked over and over, I'm like, well, how's your stinking Anyway, no, I don't do that. But, you know, these things, but the, the question is, is how is our soul? When is the last time you sat back and, and just notice and just reflect it on, well, how is my soul really going? Because a lot of us, we focus on our finance, we focus on relate, we focus on all these external things, but we never take time to sit back and go, well, how is my soul and how is my relationship with my Heavenly Father? Because we can gain everything in life, everything be so successful on the outside, but yet we lose on the inside. Friend, everything that matters in life starts with our soul. It starts with our inner man. And according to the Bible, the soul can be at times, it can be strong, it can be unsteady, it can be lost, and it can be saved. And this is according to the Bible. And so today, I want to have a look at our soul. I want to ask a couple of questions today. 
The first question I'm going to ask is, really, at the end of the day, what are you yoked to and who are you yoked to? Because that is important when it comes to our soul. In Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus talking. And he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when I read through this scripture, and I told you we're going to have some fun. It's a yoke. But this is what we've got here, is that Jesus in this scripture is speaking here about influence. And so whatever you're yoked to will either help you carry your burdens or it will weigh you down. It will either lead you towards God or lead you away from Him. So I need some strong oxes. Dustin and Mark, look at you. You've been working out at the gym perfectly. You can carry this in. Come on, come up here. Look at this. I, I, know, you, I know you're wearing thongs, Mark, but it just goes to show. Sometimes you should wear shoes to, to church. Just bare feet, it's holy ground. Come on. Now, you should have. Jump on. Look at this. No, no, we need you. Like, here we go. Oh. With a yoke, there's something about a yoke. What, what is it? And then you've got the little lamb that slips in between. Cool. Here we go. There's something about a yoke. Okay, Luke, time to move away. There's something about a yoke. Is that when you have a yoke, it is for two. Do you realize that? It's a joint venture. There's two when it comes to a yoke. The other thing is, is that in a yoke is that you move in the same direction. And so what you would do normally is that you would get the same size oxes together. But the issue is, if you had a weaker one, or if you had one that was shorter, or one that was taller, what would happen is the direction would change. Why? Because all of a sudden, the weaker one would hold it down, and then you would just tend to go around in circles. Because Mark is a lot huger. <laughs> and, and, and so the direction would change. And, and this is the thing is, what we yoke ourselves to will determine where we end up. But the other thing with a yoke is it actually takes cooperation. And when they cooperate and they come together, they actually go in a straight line. Come on, can you pull it? Look at this. Oh, mate, you need to do the catwalk really well. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Cooperation. <laughs> but come on, let's give them a hand. But what we find with a yoke, it's what we yoke ourselves to. And in this scripture, he's saying, hey, listen, all that are heavy, all that, and what we find is that when we put his yoke on, it is light. It is light. And so this yoke will either determine, you know, it will even 
help us carry or it won't help us carry the load we have to carry. It'll lead us towards God or not towards God. So my, my first question today to you is, church, is what are you yoked to? What are you yoked to? Friend, what are you yoked to? This is a personal question. You know, sometimes the reason why we don't find rest is because our soul can be yoked to something other than God. Our soul can be yoked, say, maybe to unforgiveness. Is that we've come into this place and, and we've seen forgiveness, but all of a sudden, you know, we, we have unforgiveness around our life where we haven't forgiven someone, but all of a sudden what happens is we're yoked to unforgiveness, and, and when it comes time for us to move forward, we seem to be going around and around in a circle because we're yoked to unforgiveness. And we wonder why we keep going round and round the same hill. Friend, what you're yoked to is important. For others here, it mightn't be unforgiveness, it mightn't be hurt, but somehow you're yoked to shame of the past. Yes, you've come to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want you to be my saviour, I want you to be my Lord, but somehow he's washed away everything and we know it, but we haven't handed it all over to him and we still walk in that shame. And so when God asks you to do something and say, hey, I want you to move in this direction, you can't move in the direction and you're going around in, because you're still yoked to the shame of the past that he has set you free from. Friends, sometimes... It's our mentality that stops us from entering to what God has for our life. And he's saying, hey, take on my yoke. For others here, it could be fear. Is that you've yoked yourself to fear and the fear of man or the fear of failure. And what happens is God's saying, hey, step out. You, you, know, I, you can take my yoke, take my burden, step out. But it's like, no, no, I, I have a fear. And all of a sudden you keep going round and round and you never fulfill the purposes that God has for your life. Another one is sin. Is that we've yoked ourselves to sin and we've never fully repented to God. And we wonder why our life is, is heavy. We wonder why the load is heavy. Friend, today, for some of us here, we need to take off those yokes. And everyone in this room would have an individual yoke. And I wouldn't go around and say, you've got this one, you've got that. No, no, it's something on the internal that only you know about and that you struggle with. But today you need to take off that yoke that would stop you moving into where God has your future. You know, as Christians, we need to learn to lead ourselves inside out, not outside in. And when it comes to our soul, it's not about what's going on on the outside, but it's about coming back and looking at our inside. It's about coming back as Christians and going, you know what, I need to lead my soul first. I, I need to lead myself in order to achieve, in order to uh, live out the best that God has for my life. Friend, this is why the soul matters. This is why the soul matters. As the scripture says that there is a devourer wanting to devour our soul. You can see it in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. 
is that there is a devourer that, that wants to devour your soul. And, and one way he does it is he just tries to distract us. He just tries to speak to us, our fears, our insecurities. And if he can yoke you to one of those fears, if he can yoke you to one of those lies, then he's done his job. You know, for a lot of us, we worry about our health issues, but friend, more important than our health is our soul. Matthew 10, verse 28, it says, Do not fear those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Friend, your soul matters. It matters so much that God talks about it in the Bible. He who wins souls is wise. Is it take my yoke and you'll be refreshed, you'll, your burdens will be lifted. Take on my burden and you will find rest for your soul. Repeatedly in the Bible, it talks about souls. From the very beginning, it's where God breathed into us he brought us to life. And from that moment on, there has been an opponent trying to take out each and every one of us. Friend, there's a constant battle over our souls, spiritually and naturally. So we can't ignore our souls. We need to protect and look after our soul. We need to look after our inner man. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, see that whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blameless. But I love this here, it says here, you know, may peace, the God of peace himself sanctify you. He'll sanctify you. Today, what are you yoked to? What are you yoked to? The second thing I want to ask today is this, is who are you yoked to? Who are you yoked to? This is relational. The first one was personal. The second one is relational. One of my favorite sayings is, is this, is if you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. It's true in life. It is true in life. Are those in your world moving you into God's best for your life? And notice I'm saying into God's best because unfortunately as Christians, sometimes we just settle for good. Yeah, we have a good God. Yes, all friend, God doesn't want you to settle for good. Sometimes good robs you of God's best. And then we stop fulfilling the purposes that God has for our life. And so as I read through this, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 to 14, it says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. And this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own... What's that say? Affections. Notice that right there. You're restricted by your own affections. God never restricts us. We restrict ourselves. 
we restrict ourselves. Now in return, for the same I speak as to you as children. You also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? I I love our God because he actually just leaves it up to us. And this is the power of choice. Is that we get to choose. We, We get to choose who we're yoked to. Friend, who are you yoked to? Who are those groups that you're yoked to? Who are those friends that you're yoked to? Because unfortunately, some of us, instead of yoking ourselves to God, we yoke ourselves to a person. Is it our faith? isn't really in God, but it becomes in a person. It's like we have choices. We have moments where God puts decisions that we need to make. And instead of going to God and resting in Him and saying, God, right now, I know your burden is light. I know you want me to move in this direction. We almost take that yoke off and we put another yoke on and we go for wise counsel. And I'm saying the wise counsel is wrong but it depends on who that wise counsel is. Or there are other friendship groups that we have or friends that we have and we're yoked to them, but we tend to just keep going round and round and round in circles. Friend, who are you yoked to today? Could you honestly say that you're yoked to him? Could you honestly say that your burden is light? Could you honestly say that you find rest in Him? Because the world is going to chuck everything at you. The world is going to load you up with burden. But friend, it's our job to take that burden off and lay it at the feet of Jesus and take on His yoke. And when we take on His yoke, no matter what the world throws at you, you can walk through it with ease. You can walk through it with ease. And what I find is that when you put on his yoke, it means that there needs to be, there is a connection. And when there is that connection and you're with him, you can start to move in a direction. And you start to move in the direction of where he wants you. But then the other thing it takes, it takes cooperation. Because, friend, you can be yoked to God and you can still pull away. You can be yoked to God and still fight Him. And He's just saying, you know what? We we just need to go, God, okay, you're going to be Lord and you're going to be Savior of my life. And a lot of Christians, we're, we're happy with the Savior, but it's the Lord thing. Because when that yoke comes on, we try to pull away. But what we've got to realize is that God has the best or your best interests at heart. He has our best interests at heart. Like, honestly, I, I could have settled for good, but God gave me best. Like, honestly, when I got married, I got the best. But I remember we were married, and, and Carolina was pregnant at the time, and we owned a unit, which was the blessing of God, but we moved and we had to go to a house. And I remember the house that, you know, we tried to buy a few houses and there was no on a few. 
But then there was this one house that we ended up signing a contract on. We ended up buying it. And I remember taking the in-laws through it. And they're here today. And I remember the expressions on their face. It was a weatherboard house in Mount Cravat. And their expression on their face was, what have they done? Oh, my God. What have they done? Like, honestly, it was the perfect little shack. It was a weatherboard. But, but we walked through that, Carolina and myself, and we walked through it and we're like, oh, no. You know that moment where you walk through something and it's just like, oh, really? It, like, I was expecting for my first house to raise my kids to have a pool, uh, a view of the ocean, and like, you know, as you do. But no, we got a weatherboard shack. And, and we walked through it and we tried to buy houses cheaper than this one. And I remember the price because it was $360,000 in 2000 and whenever, <laughs> that long ago. And I remember walking through and we're just like, oh no. Oh no. And we, and we always do the same thing. We walk through the house, Caroline, we're excited. And we get to the back and we turn around and we look and we go, oh, we were so happy. Not. Because we knew in our spirit it was God saying, oh, this is the one. And we're like, really, God? And that's what I mean. Our parents walked through it and said, oh, what have they done? We had to rip every wall out, every ceiling. We replaced the roof. We rewired the whole thing. You know, for 360, you expect to be able to live in the thing. But no. But I look at that, and I know that was God's provision. God opened the doors. It wasn't what I expected, but I knew it was God's best because it set us up for our future. Because this is what I find with God. He's not worried about the now moment, but he'll set you up for your future. But we have to be willing to actually release what's in our hand. We actually have to be willing to lay down our opinions and our desires in that moment to be able to receive the best that he has for our future. And I, I remember that place. Why? Because it set us up for our future. I remember even the house that we brought in North Lakes right now. I remember the moment I said to the real estate agents, this is what I want. I just want a single level house, five bedrooms with a pool. That's all I want because we promised the kids a pool when we moved up here. We never had a pool. But we wanted a pool. You know what? He knocked on the door. And he said, Sam, I've found the house for you. Great. He goes, yes, but there's a catch. It's nothing what you wanted. <laughs> what is it with real estate agents? They don't listen. Ever. This is a cheap house. No, it's not. They're going to rip. Anyway, let's go there. But as we walked through this house, it was like there was no landscaping, no pool, two-story. It looked like they were dragged to prison. I was like, Who, are we going to get mugged if we move it? Like, you know, we just didn't know. And I remember walking through the house. And I remember that moment because it was like, this is nothing that I wanted, God. Do you ever listen to me? And I've learned, no, he doesn't. Anyway, so as I was walking through, Carolina and myself got to the back, and in the same place as we'd brought that little crappy weatherboard house, we turned around and we looked at it, 
and we looked at all the work and we go, oh, this is it. Thank you, Jesus. But I know, looking back now, he was setting us up for our future. Because in the time, it just looked, wow. But now I look back and I go, his favor and blessing was upon our life. Because the houses that we wanted would have been too small to fulfill what God had for us now. And so this is where we've got to go. He, you know, with his yoke is we've got to, okay, we're going to move in your direction, God. We're going to trust you. Friend, are you yoked to him this morning? Are you yoked to his ways? You know, being yoked, like I said, it's about connection. It's about direction. It's about cooperating with him. It's about cooperating with him. 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we, notice that, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Where did that yoke go? Dan Myhill. Let's see if you can lift it. Friend, today, some of you have walked into this place and without, being, without realizing it, you've maybe yoked yourself to something other than God. Maybe at one stage you were yoked to Him. But when you yoke to him, it just means that we have to lay down our own desires and maybe you weren't willing to lay down those desires. And maybe now you've walked in and you're like, wow, life is heavy. Well, I'm struggling in... Friend, when you put on his yoke, he carries the load. And no matter how heavy that load gets, he'll never let it crush you. And in putting on his yoke, what you find is you find rest, you find peace. 